Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Go ahead, quickly turn your Bible, please, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45 is where we're going to start. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 45, this is a familiar story. It's a story of David where David is, is, uh, is going out to uh, battle um, Goliath, which was a, a giant. He was a Philistine giant. And, and, um, and so this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, then David said to the Philistine, he said to Goliath, he said, listen, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. And I'm going to pause right there just for a minute because because what I love about David is 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 he wasn't he wasn't living in a fantasy land. You know, a lot of people today, they don't believe even in a devil and they certainly don't. If they don't believe in a devil, then they don't believe that he's got weapons that he forms against us. But and so, you know, David is identifying his enemy and he's saying, listen, you come with, you know, come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin and. And, uh, you know, a shield and all of these things. But immediately, David, you know, he's thinking no weapon formed against me will prosper. So what he's saying is, is like, even though you come against me with these things, these things are not going to be effective in doing what they were set out to do, which was to kill, steal and destroy. Right. And so I love that about David. He's not he's not blind to the eye. He's not saying, listen, oh, no, there's no devil. He, he identifies there is an enemy. There are weapons, but he's saying, listen, I don't care what you've got. It's not going to be, it's not going to be useful. And uh, it goes on, but I come to you. David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You come to me with all of these man-made things, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, he said. I will strike you down, and I'm going to cut off your head. I think that's so powerful. And I will give the dead... Bodies of the hosts of the Philippines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that the that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all of his assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword and a spear like the Lord doesn't save. He doesn't have to use the same tactics. He's not limited, you know, to use the warfares of men, even though God will oftentimes use men and women to win battles, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily have to. And so, so he says, not with a sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I want to start off today just by challenging, challenging you in something, and that is this, that your, your victory and your breakthrough might not be just for you. Like, like God is wanting to do something significant in your life. You've got that addiction that nobody knows about but you. And, 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 and God's like, he's always showing you that he's there. And, and, and you're, you know what I mean, because you're not fully in, you're not fully invested, you're not fully trusting, you're kind of doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's like, yeah, I absolutely love the Lord, but I'm not aggressively going after, you know, this thing and trusting God and and, um, and, 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 so, and so, you know, there's, there's victory that's to be had, but you just think the victory just is for you. Your breakthrough is just for you. But I'm telling you what, it's possible that your victory and your breakthrough 
is not just for you, but maybe somebody else is relying upon it as well. Come on, you, you're delivered from, you know, uh, methamphetamine addiction or pornography or, or whatever. It'll be amazing, come on, how, how when God delivers you, he gives you the victory and how other people, because of the testimony, because of the freedom and the liberty that you're now walking in, come on, how that's going to affect everybody else. Oh, by the way, it's going to affect your relationship with your wife. It's going to affect your relationship with your children. Like, like you stepping into that, into that place of victory, it's going to, come on, it's going to, it's going to make changes. And there are other people that are going to benefit because of that. Come on, that healing, that business that you're a part of, you're the only one in the whole business that believes in God, you're trusting in God, you're praying. And because of that, did we lose something back here? Um, all right, but because of that, what you know, what's happening is 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 um, is the business is prospering, and so your breakthrough and your victory it goes beyond you. Some turn to your neighbor and just say, "Listen, it goes beyond me, and it touches you." Praise God, and this is why the power of the testimony is so important that we share our own, you know, our own life stories. And so, listen, we're in this series. What's the series called? It's not up there, but what's the series called? It's called Geared Up, right? Being geared up is all about being prepared and ready, going into battle, right? If you don't know this by now, but I'm going to tell you, you're in a fight right now, and it's fixing to get worse. Like the heat is, you know, the pressure, come on, the intensity is fixing to go up. And so I'm calling you to a place of preparedness, a place of being ready, you know what I mean? You can have all the gear, right? Let's say you got your M16 and, and, and you got your flak jacket and you got your canteens and, 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 and you got your, you know, your camis on and your face is all painted up and you go out and you step into the battlefield, but you forgot, come on, to, to bring your 630-round uh, uh, magazines with you. And, and, and so you've got your rifle and while you know, that might be intimidating to somebody. Like if they have real bullets and you don't, it's really going to be a bad day for you. And so listen, it's, 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 it's not okay, come on, for you to know about the tools that, that are available to you for this battle that you're finding yourself in right now. It's not okay just to know about them. You need to be proficient in them if you're going to be effective. I'm telling you, a fool steps out on the battlefield unequipped. Uh, that's, a, that's a foolish thing to do. And so there is a battle that you're in right now, and it's fixing to get a lot, be- a lot bigger, a lot more intense. And so the church, come on, we've got to be ready to fight as the church is called to fight. Amen. I remember, I remember I, I was, I loved high school football. I was a quarterback. If you can imagine that I was a lot skinnier back then, but I was a quarterback and I was also a defensive end. And I absolutely loved the gridiron. I loved contact. I loved like, like teams were like crazy because my coach would allow me to play defense and he would allow me you know what I mean, be to, be, to be the quarterback, which was just, it's unheard of. You just, you don't do that. And so, so, um, so anyway, I just love the sport, but I grew up in a small town in Oregon and Coach V, t- Coach Tony Villanueva, he would come into the locker room before every game and he would give us this 
pregame, pre-motivation speech to get us ready, to making sure that I knew what my job was and the next guy knew what his job was and the next guy knew what his job was. And, and it would prepare us. It would make us ready. Come on, it would get our mind off maybe the, the argument that we just got into with our girlfriend. We're all spun out. The last thing we're thinking about is football. It would, it would redirect us. And so these pregame speeches were powerful. Come on, not only in high school football, in any other form of athletics that I found myself playing in, but I also found when I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, come on, any time that we were going into a, a serious situation, guess what? The SOG or the COG or the captain would get up and they would, they would say, hey, listen, they, they would give us a pregame speech. I'm like, listen, man, I've heard these before. But these speeches are so important. Why? Because it makes you ready for the battle that you're getting ready to go in. And, and the Marine Corps battle was a little bit more uh, uh, serious. There was more on the line than, than the high school football field. But nonetheless, you had, to be, you had to be prepared. Come on, the last thing that a soldier needs to be doing when he steps out on the battlefield is worrying about Mary Jane, his girlfriend that's back in the States. And I wonder if she's seeing anybody. And I wonder if, you know, I wonder if she's, that's the last thing because your mind's not right. And if your mind's not right, then you're not going to be any good to yourself. And you're certainly going to be a disaster for your brother that's next to you. It doesn't matter if you're stepping onto a in a dangerous situation like a battlefield or on a football or a basketball court, it's amazing how many people have pre-game, pre you know, systems that they follow. You know, maybe the night before they have a meal. If you're, if you're fixing to go out to battle, maybe you spend a little bit of time in your word and, and, and prayer. You know, maybe anybody ever put a playlist together. You know what I mean? High school, you know, where it just, it just, it, it's the music that just gets you ready for what it is that you're fixing to face. And so we have these, we have these routines, and those routines are, are important. And once again, I want to identify that, that we're not speaking of something that is to come, but we're speaking about something that you're in the middle of right now. I don't know if you're paying attention to all the different things that are happening, um, uh, you know, in the world today. But but it's just it's pretty interesting. Like at the very least, what it should do is it should it should just get your attention and cause you to, you know, to ask God, you know what I mean? What's going on? It just seems like there's so much unrest and 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 so many, you know, there's so many strategies that are that are moving and and, and working and. and and so as the church, like it should at least get your interest to where you're you're at that place of saying, OK, God, where's my position and what am I supposed to be doing? Come on during this time, because God will speak to you and he will let you know. Amen. And so one of the things that I love to do is my wife says I spend too much time on it, but I like to watch YouTube, YouTube. Uh, I'm a YouTuber like I don't have a channel or anything like that, but I like other people's stuff. And um and one of the, the funniest things, and I started kind of looking these up, is, is um, you, you know, there was this one that I came across, and I think it was just off of the news that they pulled off and put on YouTube. But, but it was like, thief breaks into house, and the, and the homeowner was able to, you know, stop the thief. And so, basically, you, you get into the story, and the story is actually told by the, by the two pictures that are at the top of the screen, and then you read down and you get the details. But this is the picture. There's a 21, 22-year-old kid 
that has been breaking into homes and just causing all kinds of havoc and stealing stuff that doesn't belong to him. I don't know about you, but that makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. You know, thievery, I, I absolutely hate it. But anyway, this kid, he's, he's, he's breaking into all these homes and cars and everything. Well, he breaks into this one home, and what he didn't realize, it was the wrong home to break into because here you've got this 65, 70-year-old Vietnam veteran that because of all of the things that he's been through and experienced in life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, like he lives prepared all the time. He's always thinking about stuff that nobody else is thinking about. And so because he's got a plan of preparation, this kid breaks into the window. He lets him get inside the house. And the picture is a picture of this old dude with a beard, no scratches on his face, nothing, you know, nothing wrong with him. Young guy, whooped, black eyes, broken nose, probably got hit with a baseball bat. I don't know, but, but this is the deal. The guy was thinking that, man, this is in the middle of the night. Nobody is, is looking for me. Nobody's prepared for me. And I'm calling you up, church, that it is time for us to wake up and lift up our head and identify the season that we're in and get ready if you're not ready with the Lord. Amen. Be prepared. So many people also, and I didn't spend any time on this in first service, but so many times people, people listen to the wrong playlist, like, like you're listening to the wrong things, just like you put that Spotify, you know, together, whatever, you know, maybe back in the day it was, it was eight track for you. I don't know, or, or cassette, but you've got your, you've got your, you know, maybe, and then a little bit later was the iPod nano or, or just the regular iPod. But some of us, we listen to the wrong playlist. And so instead of getting ready and encouraged, what you start is you start, you know, you, you, you've got a heart that's filled with fear and anxiety and, and you're questioning, man, is God even God and, and this and that. Listen, man, you're listening to the wrong stuff. Like it really matters what you're, what you're, what you're listening to and what you're allowing to feel your thoughts in your head with. Amen. It blows my mind how many Christians are walking in fear and despair Come on, at this very time, and they're, and they're questioning God. We've got people that are walking away from the Lord saying, I don't know if I even believe in God anymore. Listen, now's not the time, come on, to even allow those thoughts into your mind because, once again, the devil is pressing things up a little bit. But he's already defeated. We forget how this thing ends, and we, and we just buy, and we, we buy into a lie. And we buy into a lie, and we buy into a lie. And the next thing you know, man, we're questioning everything, come on, that he's done in our past, everything that we've been taught. Come on, somebody. So 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a familiar story, right? And, and, and for some people, you know, they would consider, oh, my gosh, Pastor Travis is talking about David again. He's so elementary in his teaching, and I just want something deeper. And, and you know what? Listen, let me just say it like this. Like, Sunday morning is really about, like, there are people here Sunday morning that do not know the story of David. They don't know, come on, the, 
you know, uh, Goliath. And they, and they don't have complete understanding, maybe like you have understanding. But this is what I would say to the, to the, the guy that's got its doctorate in theology that is complaining about the teaching that takes place on Sunday morning. This is what I would say is maybe you need to, with all of your maturity, come to the place of just realizing that Sunday morning is really not about you. Like you're going deep on Monday. You're going deep on Tuesday. You're listening to incredible podcasts that just go waving over my head on Wednesday and Thursday. Come on, you're going deep. Maybe, come on, God has called and positioned you to be a general in this church to where, listen, you're going you're, you're gonna to break through. You know, you're going to listen to all that boring message about David and Goliath for 45 minutes because you know for a fact that God has not called you here to learn something new maybe about the message, but God has positioned you as a general in the house of God at Grace Church to pray for somebody, come on, to share the word. Maybe there's somebody, man, I just didn't really understand. The dots weren't really connecting. Maybe God's positioned you to come alongside of them after the service and spend some time and, and begin to help connect the dots just a little bit more. Amen? So maybe Sunday is more about, come on, getting everybody on the same team and getting everybody up to a place where they can walk on their own. And it's not just about being feeling good and whatnot, because some of the most brilliant people that know a lot about God's word, come on, they're still not effective like God's calling them to be effective because they're not practicing. They're spending most of their time doing other things. Amen. We don't have any of that here, but I'm just saying that some people like to just know a lot about a lot of stuff. And I'm saying the little that you know when, imp, when, when, when applied, boom, big deal, big difference. God can use it. Like, you don't have to wait. You give your heart to Jesus today, Monday, tomorrow, go to work for the Lord using what you heard today. Amen? Praise God. And then keep growing. Keep, listen, educating and stretching and, and asking and praying and, and reading. Come on, somebody. So David here, I don't, I don't know. I've heard so many stories about how David was when he goes into the... Valley of Eli, and some say he's as young as 16 years old. Other, others, you know, say that he could be up in his early 20s, 20, 21, 22. So it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter. But, but he goes out to, um, he goes out to see uh, his brothers. Which you know, there's an army. You got the children of Israel on one side, and you got the Philistines, and then you've got this, this, uh, this Valley of Elam uh, in the in the middle, and so. So David goes out, and, um, and he's shocked. You know, like the children of Israel, they're like shaking, worried, because there's this massive giant by the name of Goliath that for the past 40 days and 40 nights, he goes out, and he begins to call out the, the, the army of God, that send me out your best warrior. You know, I will, I will destroy him. And so David shows up, and this guy's a giant. He, he's anywhere between probably eight feet tall and, and another study that I looked at, he could be as tall as 10 feet 10. Come on, can you imagine this guy going out there uh, morning and night and, and calling out? And so, so the army of God is actually trembling in fear because this guy is so massive. And so let's take a look at the number 40 just real quick. 40, it speaks of a new generation. Come on, 40, it speaks of a new day. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days 
as he fasted. And at the end of that 40 days, what happened? He begun his ministry. He started his ministry. And I'm just saying this, that this message is timely. And for some of you, you've been desiring something new, but you have failed to step into the new thing that God is calling you into for fear or confusion or doubt or whatever thing. And I'm just saying now is the time, come on, for you to step in and take your place and, and, and man your position because God is the one that has given you the authority and the anointing to man that place. He is the one that's positioned you, right? You're positioned in this church. Don't think, yeah, I went to about 17 different churches and, and you know what? They were really, really all good. Listen, if you are evaluating things only in the natural, then you've missed it because God is the one that builds the house. He is the one that positions. Why? Because of two reasons. Number one, that house needs what you have. Amen? It needs what, there's a spot and a place for you. So if this house needs what you have, what do you have that you're not using? That's a big, I didn't even go there. This is all brand new stuff for you. What do you have that you're not using? And the second thing is, is that this house has something for you. Like you, you're thinking, man, I, I really don't know what that could be. I've served the Lord for 28 and a half years, 50 years, man. I, there's nothing that this house could. Listen, man, God is always too, he's twofold, man. He will bless you, encourage you, challenge you. Come on, uh, build you up, and then he will also challenge you, come on, to find your place and use your, your, your giftings. And so I just, I love that. You need to step into it. Get off of the treadmill. You know, I was thinking this morning, God gave me a picture of a, my first train track when I was just a little kid. It was a really sweet train track, but you'd put it on there. The only problem is, is it was just a circle. We didn't have a lot of money. You couldn't buy all the other track, you know what I mean, to make it real cool, like, go up the mountains and bridges. Man, I got a circle that was smaller than this square up here, and I would just sit here, and I got bored real easy, and I just like, I'm done. See, see, some of us, we've got to get off of the circular thing that you find yourself. If you keep passing the same spot in your life year after year after year after year, come on, your plan's not working. You're not geared up. Something's not being effective if you're, if you're dealing with the same things that you dealt with last year and 10 years ago. Amen? Come on, somebody. All right, number one is this. Actually, the, the, so the king offers a, a warrior's reward. He says, listen, I'll give you a whole bunch of, whoever goes out and fights this guy, I'll give him a bunch of tax-free money, plus he can marry my daughter. I think David wasn't in it for the reward as much as he was in it because he was offended that the God that had been so good to him and so good to his people was being offended every single time this uncircumcised Philistine would go out on the battleground. The enemy would go out on the battleground and call out these people that were cowarding. And so, so he offers this reward. David says, listen, I'll fight him. I'll fight him right now. And the king looks at him. This is why I tend to believe he was younger. The king looks at him. King Saul looks at David. And he says, you're just a child. What? Are you, what is wrong with, you have a death warrant, you know, this, this guy, and he points out on the battlefield to Goliath, he's like, listen, this guy has been an incredible warrior since his youth. You can't go out there. You can't battle him. And so number one is this, sometimes the battle chooses you, but sometimes you choose the battle. And I tell you what, if, if I'm real honest, I think one of the areas where we get it wrong as the church is we're not willing 
to choose the battle. Like, like there's an indifference. There's, there's something terrible, come on, that we're close to. And because of uh, fear of the ramifications maybe that, that are on the table, what we do is we shut our mouth and we don't put ourselves in harm's way because we forget who it is that's with us. See, see, listen, David knew something about this. David knew that he wasn't going out to fight this guy in his own ability. He was going out because David, come on, had a history where God had, had already done some incredible things. And he starts sharing this with King Saul. Listen, Saul, you, you don't know this about me. But I was, I'm a shepherd boy, man. I'm, I'm used to being on the backside of the desert. And, and there was a lion that came once, and God delivered that lion in my hand, and I killed that lion. And then there was a bear that came along, and God gave me the ability to strike that bear down. And he's like, listen, I may not seem like much, but there's a whole lot of punch that you don't see inside of this, inside of this little frame. And so King Saul's like, all right, man, if you really, you know, he said, fine, you can go. And he starts equipping him with his armor. He puts his helmet on him, puts his breastplate on him, and, and he tries to give him a sword. Listen, David was not effective with those tools. He was effective with this sling, right? He was effective with stones. And so this is another issue that I see in the church is we're always trying to be something that we're not. We're always trying to, you know what I mean? God might have you in position to be the very best Come on, second person in charge, but you're desiring to be the first person in charge. And so you're fighting it, but you don't have, come on, the anointing to, 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 or, or the wisdom or the, the, the blessing. Come on, God raises them up and he brings them down, right? And so, so, so maybe God's calling you to be the very best second chair, but you're fighting against it because you want to be the first chair. Probably your motivations are wrong in the first place. And, and so when we try to move outside of what God has created us and called us to be, we try to be something else. We try to emulate what somebody else is doing. Then listen, you're not going to be effective and you're probably going to look foolish. I, when I started preaching, I wanted to preach like T.D. Jakes, grab the towel, tried to sweat as much, but I tried to act like T.D. Jakes and it was the most ignorant looking thing. I wish I could get some video of it, I would show it to you on a Sunday. This is what it looks like when you try to be somebody that you're not. Doesn't work. That was dumb. Listen, Saul knew, he knew who he was. David knew who he was. He said, get this armor off of me, man. I don't need none of this. That's not who I am. I'm going out to face him by myself, or not by myself, but in myself, in my own skin, and with the Lord. Number one, sometimes the battle chooses you. Other times you choose the battle. When you're going into battle, what matters is, is who's with you. And David understood that, right? When I was in the Corps and I was in the Philippines, our job, B Company Marine Barracks, um, our job was to guard the naval magazine, do jungle patrols. Every jungle patrol was live. Six, six uh, 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 30 round you know, magazines, locked and loaded, um, high, uh, high threat level. But sometimes the threat level would even go higher because they, they saw a spike in activity or maybe, you know, maybe they arrested some guys that, you know, there, there was an NPA. It's the New People's Army. It's a radical Muslim group that, that that's what they were called in, in, in our area. 
and they were trying to get the ammunition from the naval magazine. There were 1,000-pound bombs there, millions of rounds of ammunition, C4, grenades, blasting caps. I mean, anything that you can think of, it was there. And so our job was to patrol the perimeter, and then we would have sentry guards on the naval magazine just to make sure that if they got to that place that they could be taken they could be taken out. We had a ground sentry and several tower sentries. And, but anyway, before we would go out to do our patrol, maybe, maybe sometimes it'd be a five-day patrol where we would just be in the jungle for you know, five days and get extracted. But before, what they would do is they would tell you what the threat level was like. They would tell you, listen, you know, we, we saw some movement or we heard some things. And so anyway, you're already in a high threat position, but now they've seen people in the area that you're fixing to go out and patrol. And these people are, are skilled, you know, many of them skilled warriors have weapons as well. And so you're going out. Guess what? One of the first things that you're evaluating if you're a squad leader, you're evaluating, okay, who's, my, who's the team that's going out with me? Because it matters. I, I would love to say every single Marine was on point, squared away all the time, but there was a whole lot of drinking back then. There was a whole lot of, of stuff, and sometimes somebody might not be as sharp as they need to be going into a situation like that. And all I'm telling you is you could have a Brazilian Marines, and you could have on one side, and you could have one little dude named David with, with the power of God on his side, and guess what? God's going to win a hundred times out of a hundred times. Who you take with you is what matters the most. So David, he shares these qualifications. I'm going to do the same thing to this Philistine. I'm going to kill the Philistine just like I killed the bear, just like I killed the lion. You know, I'll tell you this, that, that David understood that this battle, it was a spiritual battle. Listen to me. You really need to grab hold of this because maybe the thing you're facing right now is just the same. It was a spiritual battle that was being played out in the, in the natural was there a giant? You better believe it. But it was spiritual in nature. David did not step on that battlefield once again with his own skill. He stepped out on that battlefield knowing that the Lord, the one true living God, the creator of all things, was with him. And he had blessed him come on to take this thing out. See, Goliath, let's just say he was 10 foot 10. I've got my own opinions on this. I'm not saying not everybody would, would agree with me. But I believe that Goliath was of the lineage of the Nephilim. The Nephilim were, were fallen angels. Do you remember whenever there were fallen angels? You know, so many of them, you know, came down. And, and, and I believe that, you know, well, I don't believe. I know that the Nephilim are fallen angels that, um, that laid with. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, come talk to me later. But they laid with, with uh, the daughters of, of men, the daughters of humans. And so I believe that out of this... This, they produced these massive giants, which I believe that Goliath was one of them. But this is the deal. I believe a little bit further. I'm not putting this on you. This is just what I believe, and I don't know it to be absolutely truth. But I believe that the devil 
knew God's plan. God created a people that would love him, choose him, serve him, follow him. These people were supposed to enter into the, the, you know, the promised land, the, man, the land that flows with milk and honey. Well, I also believe that the devil, come on, that was kicked out of heaven as well, he had a plan to trump God's plan. And that was these fallen angels getting with daughters of men and producing these massive giants, I believe that the devil's plan was to create these beings, these huge monstrous men that would strike fear in the heart of God's people, which is exactly what was happening in this valley. Come on, strike fear. There's no way we can go out and take that. There's no way we can possess that. See, devil, the devil was trying to trump God's plan by saying, listen, these Nephilim are going to go and, and, and take you know, the, 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 the promised land and they're going to destroy. Listen, I'm telling you this that I do know. The devil is always trying to destroy God's plan in your life. Everything that is good and that can be considered good, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what I do know. As far as this other stuff, so, so he's, he, you know, we got these giants in the land and, 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 and now, you know, but, but this is what, let me just bring it back. Okay, listen. See, God is preparing a generation of people that are so filled with his spirit, that have spent so much time getting to know the Lord, that they know who they are in the Lord, just like David, ready old David. Come on, spent time with the Lord. He was so, so powerful because he knew that his power was not in himself, but his power was in the Lord. And so when everybody is cowering and everybody's afraid, David's saying like, man, listen, I'll go out there and I'll take him out because I know that the Lord is with me. I believe that right now God is preparing a generation of people that are going to know exactly who they are in the Lord, that they're not going to be focused on the outward appearance, which is a, which is a, uh, which is a lie. It's absolutely it's a lie because God is with me. Amen. Wow. Wow. That's good preaching right there. All right. How was David so confident? Number two, he, re he rehearsed his past victories. Victories remembered increases current faith. Victories remembered increases current faith. What did David do? He went, he went through some of his testimony. I'm sure there was much more. Hey, King, I know I don't look like it, but I killed a bear. You ever killed a bear? No, I ain't never killed no bear. Uh, and, and these are real like bears, right? Uh, hey, King, I don't know if you know this about me, but I killed a lion. I was protecting the sheep. You ever killed a lion? No, I ain't never killed no lion. So he's remembering, he's bringing to the forefront of his mind Come on, the victories that God has given him. And let me talk to you right now for just a moment. Some of your problem and some of my problem is we forget what God has done for us. Let me talk to you just for a second. Like some of you, you've been in such a tragic, terrible car accident that, that rolled several times and you were able to unbuckle your seatbelt and step outside of that vehicle and walk away with maybe minimal scratches and little damage. 
But see, maybe this happened three years ago, or maybe it happened five years ago, and you have already forgotten what it is that the Lord has delivered you out of. See, at the moment, you were giving God all the praise. Man, how in the world? The man, the paramedic showed up, and, 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 and he's, like, he's like, hey, where's the guy that was driving? And you're, and you're standing there. No limp, no nothing. You're like, that was me. He said, man, I've seen a thousand of these kind of accidents, and I've never seen anybody walk away from it like I see you walk away. And then at that moment, you say, man, I really felt like God was just with me. But then six months passed, and you have done forgotten about it. God, come on, God has preserved your stinking life. He is, that thing should have destroyed you and killed you, but you've done forgotten about it. See, he, he saved you for a reason and for a purpose, not so you could just forget about it, but so that your past, come on, uh, situation could, could affect your current faith. And, and, and call you up higher so that you can do more, increase your faith so that you could believe more and trust more. See, David refused to allow, come on, his experiences to be forgotten or to be just chumped up with a bunch of other experiences that just happened. And yeah, that, that could have been the Lord. See, the enemy will steal the greatest testimony that you have if you allow him to. He will trump it down, dumb it down, and, 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 and next thing you know, there's no power in it. See, some of you have been delivered from cancer. Some of you have, have, have had your marriage restored where you knew you were on the way out, but God brought it back together. But you've done forgotten about it, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Life is good, and God is, is there, but he's someplace down the list. And I'm just saying, come on, your past experiences, your past victories increase your current faith. All right, Psalm 23. Listen now, the Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd. i got to speed this up for a second. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Have you heard this before? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down and he leads me beside. All right. So you guys are familiar. I don't need to read the whole thing. All right. So here we are. Some historians believe, and, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Some people believe that this potentially was written when David was a king. And so it would have been written years or a, a time frame after what we're, what we're reading today. Other people believe that it was written um, as, or it was either written at the time, or it was actually written about David's life as he entered into um, the battleground to face Goliath. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion, but I'm asking you just to do me a favor and consider that the second is true. I'm not saying it's true, but just consider. Because when, when I think about the second, that it was either written about or David was saying it on his way in, then like to me, it just like, wow, it just opens up a whole lot more. I'm not saying that's how it happened, but this is what, so, so imagine this. Um, uh, he, he, he's, he's walking down into the valley. Goliath is down there waiting. And, and he's walking down, and then all of a sudden he's, he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. See, right there, this is so powerful because he's identifying that he is a sheep because shepherds handle what? Sheep. You need to realize you're a sheep if God's your shepherd. God has, has, has positioned himself as shepherd in the Old Testament. And, and then in the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the good Shepherd, John chapter 10, I believe in verse 11, I am the good shepherd and, and my sheep, which are you, know my, 
know my voice. And so imagine he's walking down in. He says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. We got to identify the responsibility of the shepherd. The shepherd is to protect and direct the sheep. It's twofold. And there's probably other things, but certainly to protect the sheep and to direct the sheep. And so David's going down into this into this dangerous situation. And what is he reminding myself? That the Lord is my shepherd, meaning it's his job to protect me and it's his job to, to direct my steps, right? He's going to direct the stone, which David was really good at that thing, but I think that God probably helped him somewhere, wh whether it was the practicing leading up or just maybe he just woofed it and, and he brought it back to hit the guy right in the, in the center. Of the, I don't know, but I know that, that, that the Lord was there, the Lord was helping, uh, helping him. And so, and so to protect and direct. I believe that what God is saying here and showing us in this is that apart from the shepherd, there are certain things that you'll never be able to do. And you need to know that. Like you got things that you want to do, but apart from the shepherd, there are some things that you'll never be able to do, right? What do we know about sheep? We know that sheep have really good eyesight, but their depth perception is very poor. So sheep, did you know this? I was doing a little history on sheep, a little fact-checking on sheep. Sheep can see almost 350 degrees. So there's a small spot right in the back of the, of the head, but the way that their eyes are, are on the, 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 their head and, and how far their eyes can move, come on, they can see almost 350 degrees. 360 degrees for some of you. It's, it's a full circle. I know you all know that. But, but that's, come on, come on, that's pretty impressive, right? There's no way that you can sneak up really on, on a sheep. Another good thing uh, about, about sheep is sheep have good memories. I thought that was interesting. Like they, they just got, how many of you wish your memory was a little bit better? Anybody? But see, some of us, a really, really good memory, it works against us because... There's, there's some things that have happened in your past that you're so sharp in your memory and you can go right back. It's been 22 and a half years, but you can go back in your memory and you can play it out. Every single thing that was said, every single thing that was done. And while God is calling you into the future, come on, your memory is so sharp and clinging a hold of the things that are in the past that it limits you, come on, for stepping into the new, right? What does the Bible say? Forgetting what is behind and stretching for the things that lie ahead. I press on, the Bible says, for the upward call in Christ Jesus. Also, sheep have incredible hearing, right? Their ears can, can turn to whatever it is that the direction, you know, that they hear something coming from. And I think that's powerful because Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep, they, they know my voice. Can I talk to you just real quick? I, I don't want to bore you. I want to, I want to just speak to you just for a quick sec. Can I get every eyeball up here? Because what I'm fixing to share with you next is something that, that is not to harm you, but it is something that you should really consider. Are you listening? This is, this is what I want to share. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice. If you are in a place right now where you're saying, I don't hear the voice of the Lord, there's two things Maybe more things, but definitely two, two possibilities. The first possibility is this. The first possibility is, is maybe you're just not paying attention. Or maybe you're not positioning yourself. Maybe, you know what I mean, maybe you're not, 
You, you, you're not making yourself available. Come on to hear. Maybe your prayers are all about what you want, what you want, what you want, what you want. And then when you finish what you want, you just say amen. And, and there's no, you don't hear the voice of the Lord. Maybe some of you would say, man, I used to hear the voice of the Lord. Okay, so that's one, one possibility. This is not to hurt you. This is to help you. The second possibility is this. Maybe you don't belong to Jesus. Because you can't get around this passage of Scripture that says, I am the good shepherd. And my sheep, those that belong to me, they hear my voice. And I'm just telling you that if you are not hearing the voice of the Lord, and if there's worry that you are not one of his sheep, you can change that right now by saying, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Empower me. Fill me with your spirit, God. I, I, you know, I, my life belongs to you. I believe you're who you said you are and will do what you said you can do. And from this day forward, God, I'm going to make you a priority Come on in my life. And I'm telling you this, that's as easy. He will not deny you. He will not, he will not overlook you. He will bring you in and adopt you into his family because you're already uh, chosen. He already desires for you, come on, to, to be with him. And so, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, on that anymore. But uh, it goes on. David goes down into the valley of Elon. He says, listen. The Lord is my shepherd. The second thing he says is, I shall not want. You know, when I was reading this, I was thinking about the, 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 the army of God. You know, there was, there was, they've been quaking and, and fearful for all these days and all of these nights. Guess what? I guarantee you, they had some wants. Man, I wish we had a bigger army. Man, why don't we have a Goliath on our side that we could send out and fight? Why can't our giant go out and fight that giant? Or, man, I really wish we had a secret weapon that, that, that the Philistines, they don't know anything about, but we could step out and just, you know, take advantage by surprising them and, and winning the battle. And so there, there were some wants, I'm sure. But David, once again, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why did he not have any wants? Because everything that he needed was found in the Lord. It was God's fight. He was just God's man for the moment, but he knew that I can't defeat this guy and myself, but I know this, that my God will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand, and I will have his head in just a few moments. See, I don't even think that David came off of the battlefield tired. Because he wasn't fighting in him in his own in his own self, and so so as a Christian, I'm just telling you this that you will not face a battle. I really don't believe that. I mean, it may seem like you know you're losing or you're coming up short, but I believe that 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 come on, God has equipped you come on to win. Because God said this: every weapon formed against me will not prosper. There will be weapons, but they're not going to do what they were what they were intended to do. And so, so I'm fast forwarding, goes on to say, uh, David says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And I don't know about you, but I've lived in Oregon and Idaho. I was born in Idaho, grew up in Oregon. And so I've spent the majority of my life in Oregon and Idaho. And I love Idaho because it is open spaces. 
there's a lot of place just to get away from people. Come on, somebody. Amen. Like there are some places where you can go, and as far as your natural eye can see, you won't see a house. You won't see a vehicle. You won't see a person. Come on, somebody. That's really great stuff. It makes it easy to get away. When I was stationed out in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina at Camp Lejeune, we, we always, when we were given a 96-hour liberty, I had a good friend, Jimmy Bush, that Jimmy might be watching right now if you are, man, I love you. Um, but we would always take off and we would get away from all the other Marines. It just, we just wanted to get away. And, uh, and so we would drive up to, he lived in the Poconos, uh, Stroudsburg and, 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 and that area. And so we would drive, and I was, I'd never spent much time on the East Coast, and so we're driving. I'm looking for the open spaces and open places, and they just never came. Like, we would go from one town to another town to another town, and then there was all of these trees, which were beautiful. But, man, I get claustrophobic in that, where I'm just like, I got to see for a distance. I'm not used to, I'm feeling, you know, closed in closed in here. So when I think of he makes me to lie down in green pastures, what I see is huge open fields as far as the eye can see with plush green grass that's just growing. And it's just, it's, it's just awesome. And, and I'm just telling you this, that that's not what this is talking about. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that really makes a lot of sense because sometimes God will, yeah, sometimes, um, you know, God will do something huge and big and then all of a sudden, you know, because we're not being like, I, I really want to challenge our church to be a people. And this is an individual responsibility. We have to be a people group that learn to be led by the spirit of God. It, it, moment to moment. I love what he said. He said, OK, the shepherd provides for this moment. But what's going to happen 10, 10 minutes from now? Those sheep are trusting that the shepherd picked the proper hillside so that it, 10 minutes from now, my needs are going to be met. Tomorrow, my needs are going to be met. See, God is calling us to walk in the spirit, not just everyone, not have moments in the spirit, but walk in the spirit and, and, and God's provision. You, you know what I think? And I'm, I, I didn't even share none of this with the, with the first service, but I think it's interesting that that west wind comes across and, and the moisture that's in the wind, it hits the rocks, and, and then those sprouts of, of that grass comes up, that, 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 uh, you know, that, that food, that, that provision. And, and what is Jesus known as? Jesus is known as the rock. Amen? Come on. He is the provider. What did David, when he stepped out on the battlefield to face the giant, what, was, what did he pick up? He picked up some rocks. And, and, and once again, it identifies the rock that's, that's in the green pastures, Jesus, the rock, the, the stones that, that David picked up. It was God's provision for what needed to be done at that moment. And I'm just saying that God is constant and continuous. He's always speaking, always leading always moving, always directing. Come on. And we have to become that people, which, uh, frankly, if I was just going to be honest, I have not been that good of, uh, I've not been that good at. It seems like, like if I've done anything really well is go from highs to highs, right? I'm challenged up by this word, come on, to walk in the spirit, 
Come on, to walk in constant prayer, to walk in constant fellowship and communion with the, you know, with the, with the Lord. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to close the service down right now. There's more, you know, to talk about. I'm just going to hit the, maybe the highlight. Um, it says he leads me beside still waters, right? That's one of the portions that it says. And I'm just saying that still waters, it really represents the peace of God and the rest that's found in the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we misconstrue rest with, well, I'm just not going to work for a period of time. But I'm telling you what, that God will give you grace to be productive and to rest at the same time. Amen? Church, I'm calling you up this morning. I'm challenging you to go higher. I'm not saying you've been living a mediocre life, but if you identify, if you look at your own life and, and like me, it's like, man, I'm really, I, I, there's some areas where I'm just kind of mediocre at best. You've got to have that conversation with yourself and with the Lord, and I'm calling you up because of the hour that we're in. And if you, if you, if you would say, yes, I'm just, I've, I've been kind of lazy and, and I've not been intentional and I'm not focused, like this is the grace of God that he moves on my heart so that I can share his word to challenge you up. And right now decisions are being made. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful because what, what's happening here right now me just sharing with you, God's already been speaking to you about the same thing. And so what it does is it's confirmation. He's like, listen, I'm speaking and you're going to continue to hear it. I'm telling you what, now is not the time to sleep. Now is not the time to, you know, to not be busy. God loves you. He saved you. He loves you because he created you. You, his love for you is not circumstantial. It's not performance-based. He loves you. He loves you and loves you. Well, some people will hear that, and it's like, yeah, God loves me. I'm just going to do whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm just telling you that all of us, all of us are going to stand before the Lord. I will stand before the Lord. Raleigh, you're going to stand before the Lord, right? You're going to stand before the Lord, and you're going to give an account as to what you did with Jesus and the work of the cross. Like he gave it all. You don't have to, all you've got to do is surrender and say, yes, Lord, I'm in. And then desire and, and, just, and just, you know, be willing and be obedient to listen and to obey and to, and to be led. And, and you're going to stand before the Lord. And, and I just really want, like I would really love, you know, for, for my own self just to be able to say, Lord, sure, I come up short a lot. You know that. But Lord, I really feel like you anointed my life and you blessed my life. And there were marriages restored and there were people that gave their heart to Jesus because I was willing to share. God, you delivered me out of the snare, the, the, the lies of the devil time and time again. And while, Lord, you know I'm a slow learner. Come on. What about the victory, Lord? Look at the victory, which you did in me, right? Come on, Lord. I I believed you. I trusted you. Come on. I felt like I felt like I was I was getting to know you more and more and more. And how cool would it be that a whole community is saved and changed up because of you? What about a whole community? Like like what if from Twin Falls to Pocatello, it's different because of your yielding and just getting on the same page with the Lord? What about this? What about a whole state that is changed? 
because of you. Do you have, is it a possibility? Is it probable? You better believe it, man. When we yield to what God has done and what God is doing, the lid is completely lifted. I'm telling you, church, and I'm closing with this, I promise you. There is nothing more important for you to be a part of than what God is doing. His plan, surrendered, walking in accordance in a relationship with him, spending time with him. There is nothing more important. There's some incredibly important things like your family and your children. And, and all of that is going to be better as you pursue God. I'm just telling you. Your job's important. You bet. Making money. You bet. You keep your side hustle. That's really cool. But at the end of the day, you better be putting your trust in the Lord. And you better know how to trust him. There's some decisions to be made. And I just want to say a general prayer. Lord, to those here that do not even know if they're saved. God, as you are prompting them even right now if they're if they're in a, every every eye closed head bowed if you're prompting them to where they're like listen I don't even know if I'm saved maybe maybe you know they've just been messed up in sin and they're they're questioning that I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus to move upon their heart that they would say that is me and for those God I pray this prayer I, I say in Jesus name first of all we recognize that you are the only begotten of the Father. There is none other. You are the only begotten of the Father. You lived a sinless and a perfect life. And you died on a cross, not because a group of people were able to catch you off guard, but you died on that cross willfully. This is why you came. You came to meet the cross. You died upon that cross, and they buried you in a tomb, and you rose again on the third day. And now, Lord, after showing yourself to so many people and, and giving us the, the promise of the, of the Holy Ghost, you, you now are at the right hand of the, of the Father. You are in heaven, in your position, a, a picture of strength and power. And, and Lord, your word says that anybody that believes in you and believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anybody that says, God, please forgive me of my sins. God, come into my life and fill my life. Lord, you say that you will do that. It's got to be genuine and it's got to be sincere. Let there not be any that are fooled thinking, God, that we have this great relationship with, with the Lord but we do not even know him and he doesn't know us. God, I pray that it would be genuine and that it would be powerful and it would be real. And so, God, when we ask you to forgive us of our sins, you are faithful to do that. Never to be brought up against us again. And you will come in and you live. You, you know, the, the, it's interesting. The temple of God, when Jesus died, the veil that separated the holy from the holy of holies, it was rent. It was torn from the top all the way to the bottom. Well, guess what? There is not even a veil anymore to be torn. There's, there's not even, there's not fabric uh, that, that's just kind of hanging there. Oh yeah, this took place back here and now it's just a curtain. There's nothing of the old because God, you live and dwell in my heart today. And you live and dwell in my sister and my brother's heart that are here and online. You live in here, in this place you know, today, no separation, God. We can connect with you at any time, talk to you at any time, pursue you, God, have intimacy with you at any time, worship you at any time. You're always available, God. If we need instruction, we need counsel, we need direction, 
Come on, we're up against a, uh, you know, a serious decision, God. You are there all the time. And so, God, fill our hearts, God, with your spirit. Lord, let us rededicate our lives, God, to you. God, save us. Beautiful picture. Save us that we may spend all time in eternity with you. But, God, I also pray that you anoint us for the purpose that we have been created for such a time as this. Hallelujah, God. Let there be just a, just a, a receiving, God, of that, that we leave this place changed and transformed, different than how we came in, equipped, geared up, ready for battle, and with wisdom that comes from you on how to do, what to do, when to do, all trusting in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Let's give the Lord a quick hand clap. Amen. God is good and the Lord loves you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.